um, Christ's return. Amen? And we're going to start there in John chapter 14. Going to be in several different places, as you can see there on your notes. Does anybody need an outline? If you don't have an outline, hold your hand up, and Brother Kenny will get that to you. Um, think you got some. Anybody need an outline? Hold your hand up good and high. All right, we got one over here, Brother Kenny. All right, got a couple over there. All right, he's got one. All right. All right, so hopefully everybody's got an outline there. And uh, so we'll be starting off in John 14, if you want to go ahead and turn there. As I said, we're going to be looking at several different verses of Scripture. We'll just kind of see how time goes. We may have to kind of speed through some things, but uh, certainly wanted to look at some Scriptures. So Christ's return, amen. I, I tell you, that always sparks a great deal of interest, doesn't it? And uh, we had Dr. Reichman with us last week, and uh, certainly that was uh, something that was mentioned. And, uh, of course, it's, it's all on our hearts, you know, especially when we see some of the things that are going on in the world today. And not just today, but even over the last several years and decades even. And uh, most Christians would probably agree, and, and really it's a biblical statement, that the Lord could come back any moment. Um, now, that it could have happened 100 years ago as far as I'm concerned. There's nothing biblical left that needs to take place for Christ to come back, right? Uh, no matter what the United States may or may not be doing uh, isn't necessarily what's going to dictate Christ coming back. But certainly we can just see things going on in our own country, but even the world uh, that certainly point uh, to, to that. And, uh, and uh, I hope, here's the thing, I hope you're ready, amen. I, I hope that you're, first of all, saved. And if you are saved, I hope you're living in expectation of Christ's return at any moment, you know. Uh, I don't know about you, but when we were little kids, when we knew uh, it was time particularly for my dad to get home, we started walking and, and talking a little straighter around the house, amen, just, just anticipating his arrival, amen. And uh, so certainly as Christians, we could learn a great deal there, amen, <laughs> as well. Uh, but uh, So we're going to get right into this. You notice there on your uh, outline uh, for the introduction, again, John chapter 14, we'll start there. But uh, the Bible as a whole uh, certainly is the story of Jesus Christ, amen, from Genesis to Revelations. Uh, the Old Testament pointed to a Messiah that would come, and indeed He did, amen. He came as a babe uh, in a manger, and the New Testament pointed to the Messiah that had come, uh, and we can also uh, say that he also, the New Testament also points uh, to his second coming, if you will, which entails a great deal. And uh, so let her be there. The gospel accounts in the New Testament tell the story of Christ's first coming, his life on earth. And we know that he was not accepted and would go on as God had uh, planned for him to be crucified and die for our sins. But praise the Lord, uh, he arose from the grave. Amen. Uh, he, res he resurrected uh, back uh, from the dead, if you will. And we also know that He ascended back to the Father, back to heaven. And we're going to talk about that in our sermon this morning uh, as well. And then we see there, letter C, Jesus has promised to come again. Amen? And we see that in Romans, or I'm sorry, uh, John chapter 14, verse 3. He says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Now, the context here of this passage is Jesus uh, uh, is, is just telling them, hey, look, you know, I, I am going to die. They didn't really understand all that. He was going to die on a cross, but he'd be uh, risen from the dead, and he would certainly go back to the Father as well. But notice he says, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And so we praise the Lord for that. Jesus himself, not just here, but several other places, has certainly promised that he's coming again. Amen? 
And if we're 100% sure this morning, I hope that you are, that he came the first time, hey, listen, we can be 100% sure he's going to come the second time. Amen? And uh, so we rejoice uh, in that. And uh, so we notice there under letter C in your introduction, his first coming and second coming. Uh, he's already came the first time as a babe. Uh, then we have the second coming that hasn't happened yet. And that space in between those, it says, are separated by the church age. Uh, that is the age in which you and I are living in today. We're in the church age, the age of grace, if you will. And, uh, of course, that will, will end uh, when the saints are raptured uh, and that tribulation period begins. And uh, so uh, uh, we understand that the second coming of Christ, and I'm just kind of giving you some, some general you know, information here. The second coming of Christ is really a twofold event. In other words, um, we often include, and we should, the rapture of the church with the second coming. But we understand the Bible teaches us that Jesus doesn't come all the way to the earth. Uh, when the rapture takes place, we'll meet him in the air. Okay, And then uh, that seven years of tribulation uh, will begin. Uh, and, uh, but his literal second coming is at the end of that seven years of tribulation when he returns bodily, by the way, with us. Amen. Uh, we'll be with him, the saints, on white horses even. Uh, and uh, that's when he literally touches his precious feet uh, back on the Mount of Olives. Uh, I believe from the same spot he, uh, just kind of my feeling, uh, from where he ascended back to the Father on. And uh, so that's what we mean by the second coming, often a twofold truth there, uh, the rapture, but also his literal coming uh, at the end of the tribulation period as well. And we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in some more detail here in just a moment. And uh, so as it says there, I've already explained some of this, uh, the rapture, um, at the rapture to save, we'll meet him in the air, those both dead and alive. Uh, at the end of the seven years of tribulation, Christ will return bodily to the earth, and that's certainly known as his second coming. Uh, and his second coming, at his second coming, he will set up the millennial kingdom, the thousand-year uh, reign, if you will. And uh, I'll go ahead and get, get, I didn't click over where I needed to be. And uh, so it says in Revelations 22:20, 20, He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come uh, Lord Jesus. So amen. And so we know that uh, another great promise of his return uh, there uh, as well. And uh, so we'll jump right into this this morning. As I say, we got quite a bit to go through. We're not in a great big deal of hurry, a great deal, a big, great big hurry. Uh, and we'll try to leave some time for some questions and so forth. Uh, but uh, so we'll jump right in. The story. So Jesus has promised uh, he will return. Notice John chapter 14. I want to take some time to read this together. He says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Uh, we ought not be troubled today. Amen. If you're saved, you ought not be troubled. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Amen. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. Underscore that. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Uh, we also see this promise in the book of Acts. Go ahead and turn there. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Uh, another great scripture. Of course, Acts chapter 1, we find the, the great commission, and we'll read that. Uh, Acts chapter 1, uh, we'll read verses uh, 6 through 11. Uh, notice uh, what it says, when therefore, uh, when they therefore 
were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? Now by this time Jesus had risen from the grave and, and uh, uh, was uh, very soon going to ascend back the Father. And the disciples are asking him, hey, are you going to go ahead and set up your kingdom now? Uh, it was something they just didn't really quite understand. And uh, verse 7 says, And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Uh, folks, we don't know when the rapture is going to take place, do we? We just don't know. Uh, but you shall receive, once this happens, he says, But you shall um, in, in the meantime, uh, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. This is the age in which you and I live in today. Uh, and it goes on to say, And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. There's the Great Commission. That's what, we, that's what Central Calvary Baptist Church is all about, is spreading the gospel here and abroad, even to the uh, uttermost parts of the earth. Um, in verse 9, it says, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. We know from other scriptures this took place on the Mount of Olives. In verse 10, And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. And notice what it says in verse 11, Which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, amen, which is taken up from you into heaven, notice what it says now, so shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. He ascended up, one of these days he's going to send back or descend down, amen. And uh, so there is a, a promise uh, certainly that, that he will return. And then letter B, and we'll break this down, like I said, I'm just kind of giving you some general information here. But at the rapture, uh, we know the, the dead and the, the alive, of course. At the rapture, the Christian will meet the Lord in the air. I explained that a while ago. And uh, we might wonder, where does that seven years come from? Well, in Daniel chapter 9, we learn that this is a seven-year period of time. So at the, raptures, at the rapture, believers will be in heaven for seven years. And during that seven years that we're in heaven, things on the earth will be taking place. And it says there, while the tribulation is taking place on the earth. Okay, and we have a scripture reference there. So what I'm trying to get you to understand, we'll break this down in a little more detail, is that once the rapture of the believers takes place, uh, uh, the tribulation period will begin uh, shortly after, I believe. Uh, there's some that believe there might be a, a time in there. could be, I don't know. But, but basically, the seven years of tribulation will begin, uh, and, uh, but we'll be in heaven, amen? We, we are pre-trib, amen? Amen? Amen. We're pre-trib, all right? And I know there's some folks getting off track right there, but we, we, we want to stick with that. That's, that's part of being a Baptist, amen? And so, so I want you to understand that, that the church will be raptured out, the believer, amen? The bride of Christ, amen? And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what we'll be doing during those seven years in heaven. But that tribulation, that awful time, particularly that last three and a half years of the tribulation, uh, will uh, already have begun. Uh, now, I know you probably got questions, but just hang with me. We're going to fill in some blanks here. So let us see here uh, the uh, order of events concerning the rapture. Did you guys get your, there was fill in the blanks there. Do I need to back back up? I might not have told you that. You, you guys are still good? Okay. All right. So let us see uh, the order of events concerning the rapture. So we're going to go to a couple different places here. 1 Corinthians 15. Let's go ahead and take care of that. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15 as we kind of put some things in order. I know I'm going kind of fast, uh, 
but I just want to, uh, no sir, I just want to kind of get through this and, and uh, uh, try to keep it all together. I just think it's important that we see it uh, all together at once. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians 15, I apologize, I'm still learning how to flick through this big old Bible. All right, uh, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 51 uh, the Bible, goodness gracious, the Bible says in uh, verse 51, uh, Paul explains some things. We've looked at this passage in our Sunday morning messages quite a bit. It says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. So not everybody is necessarily going to die uh, at the rapture, okay? There's going to be people dead in Christ, but also alive in Christ. And uh, it says in verse 52, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. And uh, this is just a great passage. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Uh, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And notice verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor uh, is not uh, in vain. Uh, and so we see there uh, in the order of events that uh, we, we have this, uh, uh, this, this happening. Now we'll look. We'll do the fill in the blanks. So let's add some more things to that. First Corinthians. I'm sorry. First Thessalonians. That is, First Thessalonians chapter four. First Thessalonians chapter four. Uh, Thessalonians right out the book of Colossians, and uh, chapter four, verse thirteen through eighteen. We get some more explanation here concerning the rapture. Uh, Paul, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Similar. Uh, wordage from the Corinthian believers. Now he's talking to the Thessalonians. He says uh, uh, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, do you believe that this morning? Amen. So if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Amen. That's where I was talking about at the end of the tribulation period. Uh, God's people are going to return with him. Amen. The saved. Uh, on white horses even. It says, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent that them which are asleep. In other words, we won't go before them, they'll go before us. Okay? But it's quick, the twinkling of an eye even, as we'll see here. So he, he explains it. He says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. Now we're talking about the end of the tribulation period. Okay? Or I'm sorry, at the, the beginning of the rapture. Okay? He says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then, which, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And he tells us we can comfort one another uh, with these words. Amen. There's, there's great comfort in the rapture. Amen. And uh, so, so we see here some things that we want to look at. And so number one, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. We read that in 1 Thessalonians 4.16. also read it in 1 Corinthians 2. But uh, there will be a shout. Um, we read in Revelations 4. You don't have to turn there. But uh, we read in Revelations chapter 4. Uh, you'll see a phrase there, come up hither. And that's when John begins to 
to uh, the things going on in heaven are beginning to be revealed to him. Uh, and I believe that also has to points to the, the rapture of the church as well. We know that a trumpet will be blown, as we read there in both of our, our uh, verses. And then number four, the dead in Christ shall rise first to meet the Lord in the air. That's important, as we uh, learned in both of those passages. Uh, believers that are alive at the time of the rapture will meet the Lord in the air as well. Uh, verse, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. And the Lord will return to heaven with the saved. Amen. And we just read that in John chapter 14. That's that promise being fulfilled. Okay. And uh, so we have there the, uh, again, the, the order of events concerning uh, the rapture. A, a general, you know, there's a lot of things we could talk about there, but we just don't, don't have the time today. But, uh, 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 but so we're, hopefully you're kind of beginning to see a, a, a order of events here. All right. And we'll, we'll take time for some questions here in just a second. Then letter D uh, during the seven years of the tribulation on earth, the Christian will be in heaven. And here's what we're going to be doing, okay? And we won't turn to Romans and 2 Corinthians, but we read there of the judgment seat of Christ, okay? So during the seven years of tribulation, I'm not saying it takes that whole seven years, but sometime during that, that time when the tribulation is going on on the earth, the raptured believers will be experiencing at some point uh, the judgment seat of Christ, but also the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen? And uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and read about that in Revelations 19. Let's go ahead and turn back there. Just want to read a little bit about that. I think that's important. And so we have here the, the marriage supper of the Lamb. So tribulation period's going, going on on earth, up in heaven. We'll be experiencing the judgment seat of Christ, but also the marriage supper of the Lamb. And I believe the judgment seat will be before the marriage supper. But it says in uh, Revelations 19, verse 7, <clears throat> Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His wife hath made her, herself ready. That's all believers. That's the, that's the, you know, here's where, you know, it's oftentimes you hear me, you know, we don't, get bogged down in the universal, invisible church teaching. Uh, but by the time we get here, uh, yeah, we're, this is all believers, amen? <laughs> uh, but this is, this is still yet to come. God's not, God's not through building His church. The bride is not quite ready yet. But when that last soul is saved, uh, I believe the trumpet will sound and, and, and things will start to take place. It's only by His grace that it hasn't happened yet because it <clears throat> gives more people time to be saved. But uh, there, verse 7, Let us be glad and rejoice, give honor to Him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. His wife hath made herself ready. That is all believers uh, of the church age. Okay, Important to understand. Not all believers from the beginning of time, but all believers of the church age. Uh, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And we understand that righteousness is not our own, uh, but certainly of the Lord. And he said unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. A very exciting time there uh, that we get to look forward to if you're saved. Amen. Uh, if you're not saved, you need to get saved so you can experience this uh, yourself. And so we see the judgment seat of Christ. We see the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then the letter E, at the end of the tribulation on earth, Jesus and all the saints will return to the earth. So we're already there in Revelations 19. And uh, so we, we kind of see things kind of stacking up here correctly. So we have the, the, we have the uh, judgment seat. We have the marriage supper of the Lamb. And it says in uh, verse 19... 
uh, I'm sorry, chapter 19, we'll skip down to verse, actually verse 1 is good after these things. I think that's important. Uh, but it says in verse 11, uh, it says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. This is Jesus, amen? And in righteousness he does judge and make war. And of course, most of us may know this is opening up the door for what we know as Armageddon, amen? So this is, this is all fixing to take place. Um, and uh, he says his eyes were, as, uh, this is still talking about Christ, his eyes were as flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew but him, he himself, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. That's not his blood, by the way. That's not his, okay? He shed his blood once, okay? That's not going to happen again. Uh, that is the blood of his enemies. And his name is called the Word of God. And it says in verse 14, In the armies, who's that army? That's us, amen? That's us. We're with him. Uh, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. We read that earlier. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, uh, that with it um, he uh, should smite the nations. And he, I'll stop right there. There's always been a part of me that would like to be in on this fight. <laughs> And I don't know if that's good or bad. It's probably more of my flesh, you know. Shame on me, I, I know. Uh, but, boy, I'd like, I'd like to get a good lick in, wouldn't you? <laughs> but, but Jesus doesn't need any help, amen. He's, you know, we're there, but we're just watching, amen. Uh, and God's going to take care of it, I mean, in one swoop, all right. And uh, there's some wonderful details even in the Old Testament of, of, of that. And uh, we don't have time to go there, but, but certainly uh, uh, a terrible time for the enemies of God, that's no doubt. Uh, but uh, where was I? Where was I? I got carried away there. I, I love reading. Oh, yeah. Should smite the nations, uh, verse uh, 15, uh, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. Uh, that's important. You know, the millennial reign, um, you know, this teaches us that there'll still be people that want to buck the system. There'll still be people that, that want to try to be their own person, but there'll be no games during this millennial period. There'll be no petting and rubbing. You either obey or you suffer the consequences. Amen? And uh, that, that'll, that'll be refreshing in and of itself, won't it? Uh, and uh, he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the almighty God. Verse 16, He hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings, Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls <clears throat> that come in the midst of heaven, Come, gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. So Armageddon is fixing to take place there in the valley of Megiddo. Uh, verse 18, That ye may eat uh, the flesh of the kings, the flesh of the captains. These are all the enemies of God, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bomb, both small and great. Uh, and uh, verse, uh, well, we'll stop right there. We'll pick, the, pick it up here in just a moment. And uh, so we see here some things that, that are important through these verses. And again, there's a great deal here we could talk about. But we see Jesus and the saints. That, that is us. If you're saved, we'll be riding white horses there at the return. Uh, the battle of Armageddon takes place. Uh, Jesus uh, overcomes the Antichrist. He overcomes the false prophet uh, and their followers. And uh, I won't take time to read that, but you do read about that in verse, uh, chapter 19, verse 19, um, as you begin to see uh, things take place. The beast and the kings of the earth gathered together to make war against him, the sound of the horse and against his mighty army. Uh, and it uh, says, verse 20, the beast was taken with him, the false prophet that wrought miracles. So there's a lot of things that are going to take place during the tribulation period, but, but they are defeated. Amen. 
uh, and uh, uh, Jesus uh, thwarts all of that, you know, in, in really just a matter of moments, I believe, uh, as he comes and, and uh, takes, takes care of that. And uh, so we see that in uh, letter uh, E. And then after, uh, uh, the, after Armageddon, letter F, Jesus sets up his kingdom. And uh, we read about that in Revelation chapter 20, uh, beginning with verse uh, 4. And um, uh, this is, uh, again, there's a lot of things here we could talk about, but it, it says there in verse 4, it says, And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of men that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. These are tribulational saints that were died martyrs, and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their, their hands, and they lived and reigned. Notice, and this is what I was wanting to focus on, reign with Christ a thousand years. So this is where we get the thousand-year reign from. Verse 5, But the rest of the dead uh, live not again, that is, the lost, uh, not again until the thousand years were finished. Uh, this is the first resurrection. Now that first resurrection, um, I believe it includes the resurrection of all believers, uh, but there is a difference between Old Testament saints' resurrection and the church resurrection, okay? And the timing of that, depending on who you talk to, uh, varies. Um, but notice verse 6, Blessed and holy is he that take part in the first resurrection. Of course, what, what this is saying is, is you want to be in the resurrection of believers. Unbelievers, too, will be resurrected. A lot of people forget that. In other words, there'll come a time when an unbeliever's body will be reunited with their soul, but that doesn't happen until after the thousand years. Um, and, and we'll talk about what's going to take place for them when that, that happens. Uh, it's not a pretty thing. It's not a pretty thing at all. Uh, but it says in uh, verse uh, 6, blessed, uh, Revelation 26, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power. Amen. Uh, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him. We see it there again a thousand years. Okay? So today, we're, we're, you know, that's a, there's, a, there's a lot in that passage, but just for today, I want you to understand that we're going to live and reign. If you're saved, you're going to live and reign with Christ for a thousand years. We also that, know that as the millennial, millennial reign, the millennium, uh, and that's where we you know, get the word thousand from. All right, so letter G, uh, at the end of the millennium. So let's read that. So we come to the end of the millennium. And when the thousand years are expired, okay, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. We didn't read this part, but at the end of the tribulation, the beast and the false prophet, they're cast into hell, okay? Um, but Satan is uh, imprisoned uh, in the bottomless pit, if you will. And there's some uh, interesting things about that. Uh, but he's imprisoned during that thousand-year reign, okay? Um, at the end of that thousand-year reign, he is let loose, okay? Now, I explained to you all ago that during the thousand-year reign, now, we'll have our glorified bodies, okay? We're going to be Christ-like in many ways, and that, you know, could entail a lot of different things. But the, the rest of those, okay, uh, folks that made it through the tribulation that were saved, okay, uh, they will go on to, to live pretty much like how we live today. They'll be having children. They'll be getting married. Things will be happening, okay? And at the end of that thousand years, there will be a, a countless number of people, believe it or not, even though Jesus is ruling and, railing, or ruling and reigning on the throne, there will still be people at the end of that thousand-year reign that will be anti-Christ, that will still be rebellious. Isn't that amazing? 
or sad, or whatever you want to throw in there, right? Uh, it just shows the hardness of the heart, amen? Uh, and so Satan will be lo uh, let loose, and uh, so we'll read that a little bit. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and he shall go out to deceive the nations, which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle. Now this isn't Armageddon. This is, this is at the end of the thousand years, the number of whom uh, is as the sand of the sea. That's absolutely amazing. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about in the beloved city. Uh, once again, Jerusalem, <laughs> you know, right in the thick of it. Uh, and uh, fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. I always kind of chuckle at this because, you know, it's, uh, you know, you almost kind of think of the, of the flea standing up to the elephant, you know. You know, come on! You know, and the elephant goes, <laughs> and basically that's what's going to happen. I mean, uh, they're going to come against God and in one verse he devours them. <laughs> You know, it's, it's all over, okay? Uh, and, and so we read that there. Um, and it says in verse 10, And the devil, amen, that deceived them was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are. They had already been there a thousand years by this time, and shall be tormented day and night uh, forever and ever. And then verse 11, this is very important. Uh, well, we'll stop right there. I don't want to get too ahead of my stuff here. So, so at the end of the millennium, uh, we just read there, Satan is loosed from the bottomless pit, pit, deceives millions, billions probably. Satan is defeated at the battle of Gog and Magog. Um, and there's some significance to those two words. Uh, we think of Russia, probably think of China, you know, coming from those areas. And, but we see that Satan is cast into the lake of fire forever. In other words, this is the very end of Satan. He will never be able to cause problems ever again. Amen. What a wonderful, wonderful thought that is. Amen. Now, letter H, I'd mentioned those uh, unbelievers, their resurrection. Letter H, those in hell will be resurrected and stand before God at the great white throne judgment. And we read about that in Revelations 20, 11 uh, through 15. And it says, and I saw, so we, we have Satan cast into uh, the lake of fire, the beast and false prophet are already there. Uh, we're at the end of the millennial reign. And it says, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. That's terrifying to think about, isn't it? And I saw the dead. Now this is the... The lost dead, those that never accepted Christ their Savior, small and great, stand before God. Uh, and the books were open, another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And of course we know they have not Christ, nobody's ever earned heaven. And so, you know, they're, they're, this isn't to be really judged, but to be sentenced. Uh, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. So there is a difference between hell as we know it today and the lake of fire. Uh, cast in the lake of fire, this is uh, the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And we see that again in chapter 21, verse 8. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, uh, murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part uh, in the lake. That's talk about the lake of fire, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is, again, the second death. And uh, so they, this, uh, those that are lost, will be, their bodies will be resurrected at the end of that thousand-year millennium, thousand-year reign of Christ, 
uh, only to be cast in a lake of fire uh, where Satan and uh, uh, his uh, antichrist and false prophet uh, are as well. And uh, so that's uh, uh, a pretty solemn thing to think about. You know, this, this uh, you know, it's not, you know, I think sometimes we, you know, yeah, we need to be in church. And yeah, we ought to be in church, amen. Uh, yeah, I need to be saved. Yeah, I need to live like a Christian. But to me, this is, this is what it boils down to. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is serious stuff we're talking about, isn't it? I mean, we're talking about heaven and hell, you know. And I know sometimes people kind of chuckle and kind of take things lightly. But, hey, I'm just telling you, uh, you know, what you do with Christ, <laughs> it means everything. I mean, there's nothing more important than that decision right there, right? Uh, and I believe if you've really made that decision, and you really believe that these things are going to happen, and I don't know about you, but I do. I don't want to understand it all, but I know it's going to happen. Uh, it ought to leave you a certain way, amen? It ought to leave you a certain way, shouldn't it? Yeah, amen, it ought to. And uh, so, so, again, these are some things that, that really ought to stir our hearts, whether you're saved or not, ought to stir your hearts. And letter I, uh, God will make a new heaven and a new earth, and don't have time to read all that, but you can read about all that in uh, uh, Revelation 21. Uh, you have some details there, and certainly Revelation 22 uh, as well. But we get from that that believers will live and serve uh, with Christ uh, forever. Amen. And uh, uh, certainly an exciting time there. All right, so we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. So we'll get to what we learn here in just a moment. Uh, but uh, uh, now understand... Uh, you know, we, we could probably spend three or four Sunday school lessons talking about these things, and maybe we will. But, uh, but if you have a question, you know, just on some things about what we've looked at so far, I'll be try to, happy to try to answer that for you as best I can. Any questions, Brother Bob? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, who? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen, amen. That's right. Yeah, amen. You know, a lot of times we, you know, blame the devil. And certainly the devil is behind a, a lot of the spiritual wickedness that's out there. But at the end of the day, we choose, don't we? We, 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 we choose, you know. And uh, so we, we, we have, we're accountable ourselves. Amen. Amen. I'm sorry, Miss Emma, what would you say? Do what? Oh, okay. All right. Miss Martha? Well, yeah. Well, 
Well, this, that's why I was explaining earlier. The second coming of Christ really is, is two events. It is the rapture of the church, but he, we meet him in the air. He doesn't bodily come. So there are some, and, and I, I'm okay with that, that include that in the second coming of Christ. So he comes, the church is raptured, but his bodily return doesn't happen until after the seven years of tribulation. So he's not completely wrong if, if he believes you know, that. I'm not saying that's what he believes. Three and a half and three and a half. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, what, what, and I'm just assuming what she's talking about here is that if you read the book of Revelations and you get into the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, the vile judgments, um, there's the tribulation period is also split up in two sections, okay? Um, the great tribulation, okay, and we read about that during the trumpet, uh, the, the trumpet judgments and vile judgments that's when things will be their worst during the tribulation period. The first three and a half years, and again, we go to the seal judgment, we can kind of see this, the Antichrist will be, will be present, no doubt, and influencing the world, but he's, he's, not, he's not seen as a conqueror. He's not seen as an enemy. He'll be drawing. He's a great politician. So that first three and a half years, as far as the world's concerned, probably won't be that bad, you know, but that second, when he sets himself up in the midst of the tribulation period as God in the temple, that's when things will really start getting bad. Yeah, we do. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. There, there, there are people who are, some believe will go through the whole seven years. Some think the, will be raptured in the midst of that. But uh, uh, we believe, uh, again, there's other Bible verses other than what we've seen today, but, but we believe that the church will be raptured, and then after that, the tribulation will take place. Yes, ma'am. All right, anybody else? Good questions, Brother Billy. Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. That is the main reason for the tribulation period. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, all of this is, is based on, uh, oh, sorry, Brother Bill, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but, but I want to say this because it's important. Again, we live in the United States, so we tend to kind of base our Bible around what's going on in the United States. That's a bad mistake. The tribulation's all about Israel. It's all about Israel. That's what this is all for, okay? Just what Brother Billy was saying, uh, to bring the nation of Israel to their true Messiah, which is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's it. I'm sorry, but go ahead, Brother Billy. <coughs> yes, amen. Sure. That's right. I'll get you, Martha, here when he gets done. Yep. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen. Right. That's right. Amen. Amen. 
Yeah, amen. Amen. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amen. That's right. Amen. Yeah, what a day that'll be. Amen. Serve. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. That's good. Miss Martha? Right. I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. Because they never got their glorified bodies. You know. And so, like I said, there's where you got to be careful with things because the, the, the body of Christ, what Brother Billy was just talking about, that's the church age saints. There is a difference. I'm not talking about God loves us more or anything, but there's a difference between the bride of Christ and tribulational saints and even Old Testament saints as well. So, yes, uh, Miss Carol. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, 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 Hinnom, but also Megiddo. Megiddo, I think, is how you say it. That's where, it's an actual valley. Uh, I've seen it. You can stand on Mount Carmel and look down and see it. It's a big, wide valley, and there has been some historical battles fought there already. It's just a natural place for battle, particularly how they fought in Bible days. Um, Napoleon said it was the greatest battle, battle place you could ever fight on. So it's a literal place. It's a beautiful place right now, but it's a huge valley that basically runs uh, from, like, from the central part of Israel, but it runs all the way back down to Jerusalem. It kind of turns a little bit, but it's just a big, big valley, and that's where that's going to take place. And uh, there'll be a, a river of blood, we know, uh, that it will be so deep. It'll be, that's where you read about the horse's bridle. That, that all has to do with, with Armageddon. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So it's it's a it's an actual valley. It's there. You can go see it today. <laughs> I wouldn't go over there right now, but <laughs> all right. Anybody else? Great questions, great comments. Oh yes, Brother Brad. Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah. 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 He's he's our adversary. Satan is much smarter than we are. He 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 knows. Uh, uh, human nature better than we know it ourselves and uh, so so he is uh, uh, we we need to respect the fact that that he you know he causes a lot of problems you know he's 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 uh, very wily all right 
Amen. Okay. All right. Well, let's, uh, we'll just kind of just go through this real quick and uh, we'll, we'll finish up here. Uh, but what we learned, uh, we know, again, just to kind of tie some things together, the next great event on God's calendar is the rapture of believers. That's where we meet the Lord in the air. And uh, while believers are in heaven, the tribulation will be taking place on earth. Uh, the saints of God will return with Christ to earth. And again, we know that as uh, Armageddon. After Armageddon is a millennial reign, a thousand years of Christ on earth. And then we know that God will make a new heaven uh, and earth. And that's a great study as well uh, that maybe one of these days we'll, we'll take a look at. Um, and then we get down, I'm sorry, I'm, we're just running out of time here, uh, principles to be applied. And we won't, the scriptures are on your notes. You can read those at your convenience. But uh, no man knows when the rapture will take place. We just, we just don't know. Amen. It could happen today. It could happen any moment. Uh, believers should purify themselves in light of the rapture. Amen. You know, that's, uh, you know, when we think about the rapture, it ought to motivate us to be faithful, to be clean with our life and live in an expectation uh, especially when we think about the judgment seat of Christ. Number three, believers, we should be watching. In other words, we ought to be watching. And, and when, when, you know, again, there's that anticipation. I'm not saying we ought to be wringing our hands and worried, but, but we ought to be living in expectation that Christ could come back any moment. You know, that's what I said a while ago. You know, dad, dad will be walking through the door any minute. I better straighten up. <laughs> you know, so, so there's, you know, there, we ought to be living that way. I think that's, that's a good thing is what I'm trying to say. Uh, number four, we should pray for the second coming of Christ. Amen. And we find that in Christ's model prayer. Amen. Uh, Thy kingdom come. That's what he's talking about. Number five, uh, we should tell others, uh, left the S off there, of Christ's coming uh, as well. Uh, and we ought to be busy for him while we wait for his return. Amen. And there's a couple parables there that you can read about in Matthew 25 and Luke 12 that have to do uh, with service and uh, uh, very you know, important uh, uh, parables of the talents and of the ten pounds. And so those, those are some principles to be applied. And uh, so I uh, had to kind of breeze through those, but I kind of figured that would happen. I knew, uh, knew we'd probably spend most of our time talking about the, the story itself. So amen, amen. All right, I got uh, maybe time for one or two more questions, depending on how long or, or we take here. So don't want to rush through this. Yes, Miss Martha? Mm-hmm. Now you talk about Uh-huh. Right. You're talking about millennial saints. Sure. Mm-hmm. They will reign. Now how all that chronologically happens, I don't know. And I don't believe the Bible really reveals how all that works out. But we will, we will all go to heaven, <laughs> you know, uh, the new heaven and the new earth. You know, uh, Bride of Christ, uh, Old Testament saints, tribulation saints, you know, uh, all that will be experienced in heaven. Yeah, Brother Bob. Sure. Sure. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his adulterous wife. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Well, right, a Jew can be saved in the church age. They will be the, the bride of Christ. Now, if you're asking about Jews saved during the tribulation period, they're not part of the bride of Christ because we've already been raptured. We've already went through to the marriage supper of the Lamb. We've already been through the... Right, yeah, and most people see that. What you're saying there is that, that God's wife, if you will, the book of Hosea, I think, spells that out real good uh, concerning Israel. But the thing here, folks, is there's a lot of things in there that your pastor just isn't expert on. But one thing I will leave you with is there is a difference between Israel and the church. And anytime you hear a preacher try to combine those two or do away with Israel, you need to go somewhere else. Just you, you don't want to believe anything else they say from that point. So always keep that in mind, okay? Very important, very, very important, okay? All right, yes, Brother Brad, one more. All right. <laughs> Sure. Sure. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Uh, and it'll be a lot bigger than that little slither they have right now. Uh, and and so uh, what what Brother Brad is saying is yes, in 1948 the Jews returned. Um, and I, I appreciate some of the old preachers from back then. I think John R. Rice was one of them. He didn't get into a big old. He's like, look, this is all political. You know, they, they could be pushed back out of there. You know, it doesn't, you know, you know, this isn't, you know, a biblical huge thing. Now, it could be. It certainly is pointing in that direction. It certainly shows that it can happen, you know. But, uh, uh, but, the, but one day, amen, uh, after that seven years of tribulation, uh, Israel will possess the land, amen. And, and they'll have a king, and uh, a lot of people don't realize, too, that there'll be a millennial temple, There'll be sacrifices, uh, all these types of things, but it's going to be way bigger than it is now. You read the book of Ezekiel, the Temple Mount as it is right now is just going to be swallowed up into this huge, I mean, we're talking miles, big area, uh, and it's, a, it's going to be an amazing thing. So you can read about that in the book of Ezekiel. All right, we could just go on and on, but we better stop. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for these exciting things that we've looked at, dear God. And, Father, I hope and pray that what we've learned here today, uh, Father, to, to drive us, if we're saved, to be faithful, to be watching, uh, to be interested, uh, to be on fire, to be happy, to be comforted. Father, but those of us that may be here today that aren't saved, dear God, I pray that you would speak to their hearts and get them to understand that what we've talked about here today is real. And the only thing that's going to matter is what they've done with Jesus Christ. Father, they've either accepted him, the Bible says, he that believeth, uh, uh, is saved. Those that believeth not are not saved. Uh, he that hath the Son, he that hath not the Son. Lord, there's a big difference there. And so, Father, I hope and pray that uh, before this day is over, if anyone is lost, they'd see their need for salvation and through faith in the grace of God be saved. So, Father, we'll thank you.